Lounging and draping. <laughs> draping and lounging. This is what people do. <laughs> On a Saturday morning, when the candles are lit and the little fairy flecks are all around, and it's 9.43 a.m. Saturday, November the 4th, 2023, I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. Yeah, it's like that. Whenever we do a cold open, I always wonder whether people think, "What the heck were they talking about that brought this about?" What were we talking about? (laughs) Draping. Draping. Oh yes. (laughs) Loud. Oh yes. Jethro Tull covers. Jethro Tull covers. (laughs) Yeah. That all makes sense now, doesn't it, folks? <laughs> well, what are you going to do? We'll bring it around. We'll bring it around. We'll bring we'll it bring home. It around. We'll bring it home. Back around the clubhouse turn. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been a... It's been a substantive week. Uh, it's been a... Two weeks. Two weeks. It's been a substantive two weeks. That's right. We, there was no show last week. Once again, we didn't even announce it. And do you know, Diane, that this is episode 499. Oh my gosh. Of the Bill and Diane show, yes. Next episode will be our 500th episode. And what boy, are we going to, there's going to be some big time, <laughs> special, you know, fantastic, lots of bunting. and. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. And, uh, you know, fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> marching bands. Yeah. Uh, might be some masks and burger masks going on. <laughs> Who knows how confusing it will get. Probably more so, though. Just like all of life becomes more and more confusing. Confusing. Well, since our last show, I had my 67th birthday. You did? Wow. How's it feel, Diane? Uh, so far, what would you say? Well... What are your impressions? My impressions are that, you know, I'm I'm very happy to be 67 since I had cancer. Yeah, right. I <laughs> <laughs> see where that would kind of be a standout yeah. kind of event. Um, otherwise, it doesn't feel much different. But what I, I was talking to, I have been going to a massage therapist uh, who specializes in oncology, yeah. uh, particularly breast cancer and some of the issues that have developed for me, which is courting, this yeah. bizarre thing that they don't even understand. Uh, it's like this cord develops, and they they used to think that it was along the nerve pathway, uh, passageways that may have been damaged, but then they s- decided, no, it's not that. Now they're thinking, well, maybe it's lymphatic, pooling around this and then they say uh, and but the massage therapist said they don't know they don't know what causes it they don't know what it is but she's been working on it anyway um when i was talking to her i i can't remember what brought it up but i said you know it's so weird it's sort of like you're going along in your life and then all of a sudden Age just creeps up on you. And she laughed when I said that. She said, yep, that sure is the way it happens. <laughs> I said, you, you feel like you're, hey, I'm not doing hey. that. And then all of a sudden, bam, you yeah, know. Yippee skipping are... down the bunny trail and all of a sudden, slap. <laughs> then you're like, oh, yeah, I am old. I'm yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, so... But the glorious thing about this particular birthday is that it was just the prelude to our trip to La Push. Yeah. On, on my birthday, though, we had a wonderful experience at a new restaurant that we discovered oh, that's yeah. just like four minutes away from us. Yeah. Um, it's this little kind of hole-in-the-wall restaurant no, no, Diane. Well, it is. Little, you know, kinda, that's, it's a little funky. It's know. not. It's not an elegant, although it's very elegant in the way uh, that they yeah. decorated it. But, but when I say hole in the wall, it's like this tiny, 
um, little place in a in kind of this funky old shopping mall. It's not a mall. It's just well, a little shopping shopping center center. But um, they have uh, decked it out resplendently. Yes, it is resplendent. Um, and we just discovered it because I go on walks with our across the street neighbor, and she had asked me whether we had ever had the lunch specials at this place, which is uh, called Caravan Kebab. And uh, I said, no. And she said that it was, uh, we were talking about going to places where you can get a meal and that it's actually two meals. Right. And so uh, she said that that was one of hers. So we tried it out and we were just bold over. I mean, this guy is a chef par excellence who's just running this little small restaurant. There's probably, probably what, 15 tables? Yeah, I'd say that. About 15 tables. And when we were there, he was doing it all himself. He was doing all the... He's the chef. He's the chef. And he keeps... uh, I know he has a kitchen staff that is his family. um, But he, he was doing all the... Waiting of the tables and, waiting and, and, and taking orders and stuff and bringing out plates of food and boy that guy was running. And by the time we left, he was because when we first got there, there was only one other table occupied. Well, we were, we were early. There. Yeah, we were we, there right at the start of dinner, of the dinner service. So. And we had one of the the taste explosions of the century <laughs> for yeah. an appetizer. I don't think those taste buds had ever been activated on my tongue. I don't think because I was tasting either. flavors and having like echoes in my mouth, you know, that kind of that there was an aromatic quality to this food that stayed in your mouth and kind of almost filled your mouth up. It felt like an expanding thing in your mouth. The sensation was very unique and the brand, reason brand new. The reason why we ordered it is it was my birthday. We wanted to be a little bit more extravagant, right. buy, buy an appetizer, get a couple of dinners, and then take home, which we did, yeah. um, the uh, part of it too. Yeah. But it was it said that it was the chef's favorite. This appetizer. This appetizer. Right. And so we said, let's get the chef's favorite and yeah. see what, is, what it is. It was thinly sliced eggplant, roasted, filled with caramelized onions and walnuts, but the it was almost like a puree. It was like peanut butter almost. Yeah, uh, it was not but, like you didn't have chunky walnuts or anything. No, but it was either you could it was kind of gritty. It was it was gritty, but um, yeah, it was like yeah. peanut butter. Yeah, and but it was uh, like walnuts, creamy. caramelized onions, and on top, they had this pomegranate syrup. Syrup, and oh my god! It was the most amazing flavor. It I, just it was like sweet and tart. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Uh, man. You can't. It's like it's, you know. Anyway, yeah. we could be you know doing a commercial for them. We could. So stop in today. <laughs> Open five to five Monday through Thursday, five to midnight on Fridays. Caravan the, kebab. <laughs> those are not the hours. No. By are, the way. <laughs> anyway, yes. so and we also had breakfast out at a place we had never yeah, gone, yeah. Uh, the Rusty Pelican, and, Down in Edmonds, yeah. and that was fantastic too. And well, for me, I had a Belgian waffle. She had a Belgian waffle, and it was fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was great. It was a good day. It was a good day, a good and day. I saw a couple of friends that I. Uh, oh yeah, a the couple, couple of, of work friends yeah, that I hadn't seen because they had retired and before I retired, and that was kind of a special thing too. So then the next day, which was Friday, Friday we drove out to La Push. Drove out to La Push. Now this is, I would say, this is a pretty. It was remarkable for our trips to La Push for several reasons. Yes. The first reason was I didn't even know whether we were going to be able to take this trip. Right. Um, the likelihood that I would be in chemotherapy or something was 
fairly great. And so I had been thinking, man, we may have to cancel. But with La Push, you didn't have to cancel way in advance. And I was, so I thought, no, I want to keep my appointment. I mean, our, our reservations. reservations with him. But then when, <clears throat> when it was judged that I would not have to go through chemotherapy, the most exciting thing to me was that I was going to be at the end of sort of the healing period for my surgery and then going into the radiation therapy thereafter. And the break landed perfectly. And the break landed perfectly. I think that we've always tried to go, uh, if we are able, on a full moon time. And this particular trip was going to be uh, that the full moon would happen on Saturday, which is the middle of our trip. Right. And, uh, but in the past, I think I've only seen the full moon when I'm out at the Olympic Peninsula uh, maybe three times before. And one was uh, that it had already, this was a time that I was not with you, the, what, there was a time when you were not with me? Yeah, I know. Isn't Wait that amazing? Wait a minute. Long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, it was a very cloudy, rainy day. And this is when I was going out to Claylock. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the night, the moon woke me up. The same thing that happened for us first, at first La Push. Yeah. And... I looked out and I saw the the moon just kind of coming in and out, and I between the clouds. And I think at that time it was like two in the morning or something. It was really really early, and I went out and and that was really special too because the clouds were moving in, and then moving out. And I was just like, Dad, you know why I'm here? I want to see the moonlight on the water. For you. And then, as I just said that, the clouds parted and the moon revealed. And it was just so special just from that aspect of it. This trip, when we were out there, there was not a cloud in the sky. The entire time, there were no clouds until the very last day. There were some just like feathery little wisps moved in. And I don't think... We've ever gone there when, when there were no clouds there in the were sky. Never, it was not a cloud visible except on the way out on the horizon where you weren't even sure if it was real or if it was just a trick of your eyes because the eyes are not what they used to be. Um, that we didn't see any clouds. And that is unheard of in my experience, going to the ocean any time. Any time, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you know... Anybody who listens to the Bill and Diane show knows that we're all about the storms. Mm-hmm. You know, we love it. That's part of the reason why we go in during the, the time. And the fall. Yeah, because yeah. like when we go in the spring, there are hailstorms oh, yeah, and yeah, it's all kinds of stuff. The windows are going. Yeah, it's we're all about the storms. But this time, because we were there in the full moon, we were all about the clear. Yeah. And um, it was funny the first night that we were there. We didn't quite know when the moon would be at its best vantage point over the water, which was uh, because um, it was my dad's dying wish, literally, that he wanted to see the moonlight on the ocean one more time. And we were not able to make that happen for him. So a lot of the time that I've been going out, it's been with that in my mind that I'm viewing this for him. Right. But then all of a sudden it became viewing it for me too. So Well that's where he lives. That's where he lives, yeah. yeah. And so um so I wanted to get the best vantage point of watching the moon on the water. And so as I say, the moon woke me up at I don't know when it was. There was a little. There's a little half there's moon a little, yeah, window. A little, little uh, half circle window above the bed. I say half moon camp. because I think of it as a moon. Yeah. 
It's just um, this yeah, little half circle window. It's not that little, actually. If you got up to it, it's probably about four feet long, three feet tall at the highest point. And uh, yeah, Diane woke me up and she was like, the moon. And I was like, I looked over and her face was all lit up. I was like, it was just shining on your face. Yeah. It was like a spotlight on your <laughs> face. It was weird. It was like that all three nights. It only shone on you. I was in shadow as the moon passed through that window, which I think was significant. And uh, Well, after all, I am Diane. Yeah, you are. That's true. You are Diane. Anyway, I'm Bill. <laughs> Bill. Uh, where's the constellation Bill? <laughs> Well, anyway, the, the moon woke me up because it was so bright. It was like a spotlight, yeah, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Because we had, you know, you can darken those cabins pretty good. They got all kinds of pull-down blinds and stuff, and we like it dark. And so, yeah, it was. It was like a spotlight coming in right on your head. And so, I don't know what time that was in the morning, but... We had set an alarm, though, right? We had set an alarm, I think, for 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, uh, I was so excited. I was like a, a kid on Christmas was, morning, you know. I was just like, God, wow, we're going to be able to see the moon on the water. And um, because I'd never had this experience of it being so clear, you know. And uh, so I was kind of up and down all night and I didn't care because. Yeah, what are you going to do? Part of the thing at the when we go to La Push is we sleep a one, lot. One thing that we can count on when we go to La Push, we don't have to worry about going to bed early or getting up in the middle of the night or any of that kind of stuff because you sleep a lot there. Yeah. I, I sleep a lot there. And I, I don't know what the heck it is, but, man, I love it. I always feel like it's almost like you're in the nest of some um, primordial ease I don't know. that... Uh, that we don't have in the city, you know, the, uh, it's quiet and you're watching those. The ocean is the only thing to look at really, except the birds and the, yeah. the driftwood and, you know, whatever. And I was going to say it slows you down to uh, nature's pace, I think. Anyway, um, but then I, the thing that was so funny is the, the, best time to view the uh, the moon was not at four o'clock it was still pretty high in the sky so then I set the alarm for five o'clock and then it was it was coming down we had to to sit for at least a half an hour before it got to a place where we thought oh that's that looks nice I mean it was still shining on the the water but it was still High. And yeah. the, the planet Jupiter was traveling with it in a very interesting. We got to see it for three nights, and yeah. Jupiter moved a lot. It the first, moved. First night yeah. it was way above it. You know, the second night it was just below it, and the third night it was a little farther below it. But you know, you know. I think the astounding thing, though, was that the first day, the first day, it wasn't the full moon yet. It was just yeah. the day before, so we were we were just trying to say, okay, what is the best schedule for us to to come out and do this? You know, it ended up being about six thirty in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah, about six thirty. But I set the alarm for five the next morning, and we we basically um, just watched it until it yeah. started getting really in the right position. And then um, I ran down to the beach. Well, I knew you wanted to talk to your dad. Yeah. And um, I stayed down there for a long time. It was very cold. Very cold. And Bill didn't really have the gear. 35 degrees. No, I had the gear. I just didn't want to. All right. Interrupt my time. But uh, I had. Besides, you get such a great view from the cabin itself. you You do. It's, you do. Uh, it's amazing. And it's set behind James Island the first night. Was that the first night? Yeah, that was the, or the first morning. First morning, yeah. Setting. That was when we got that remarkable picture of it. Setting just behind Just setting island. behind. It was funny because I was looking at Jupiter 
in the morning because it was like 7.30. Right. And I thought that the moon was already gone. And I said, what is that? That What's that bright? It's got to be a planet. And then Bill said, there's the moon. And it was just, I was like, oh my God. Get the camera. <laughs> Get that camera. <laughs> the funny thing is, a lot of times I feel like, you know, even when we're best, out there. Even the best photograph you could take of that would not do it justice. Never, yeah. never. But, but, well, because the thing about photographs. What is the thing, Diana? The thing is, you can never show the expanse of the whole view. You can only select certain things. But also, you can't feel the cold. You can't. Hear, hear the ocean. The ocean. You yeah. can't smell the See sense. the ocean being lit up by the moon. Yeah, so it's always just a, a poor representation. And yet, uh, a lot of times I take pictures and little videos mostly to inspire people to go out. I think that's what photographers do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a professional photographer, but I think that that's what they're trying to do is this is out here. This is va- available. Yeah, take know. a look, you know. This really happened. But the whole time was remarkable. And the sunsets huh. were unlike any sunsets we've seen out there. Right. These explosions of color. Yeah. I, I mean, I had posted a, a photo of one of the sunsets. They were all the same in that they had these bright bands of different shades of orange and then going up into this azure blue that uh, in fact you were coming in from outside at one point and I wish that I could just have a picture of you because you were coming in in this beautiful blue right behind you and I just thought man it almost looks surreal it doesn't even look like normal colors Probably wouldn't have come out of the picture. No. Yeah. Well, even the pictures we took, they're yeah. close. But I don't think that the camera lens can get all the colors. You know, yeah. the there there's so many gradations of color in the sky that, that the camera lens can't even deal with it. Right. Your eyes are having a hard time dealing with it. But, oh, yeah. It was just wonderful. It was great. Did, did a lot of reading. I did some writing. Most of it was crap. Uh, but I think I got a couple of decent pieces out there. But the, the other thing that I was realizing as I was out there is, you know, retirement is a thing. And you kind of have to get used to not having that demand on your life anymore. Yeah. Right? And... You know, there's a lot of sides to that. You know, don't feel like you're contributing. You know, for a guy, it can be challenging, and you know, because guys are stupid. <laughs> and uh, but then you start to really r- realize the liberty you have now, and that you don't have to worry about these things anymore, ever. Yeah. And it's like this. Whoa! I'm. I don't have to schedule, other than doctor's appointments. I am. I am free range. You know, but what I was realizing out at the at La Push is I still have this demand on myself about writing. You know, and what if I could be free of that too? Not that I wouldn't yeah. write anymore, but I wouldn't be, you know, I two pages a day, Bill yeah, type of thing. Right, and uh, I was thinking, you know, I don't, can I, could you even do that? And so I wasn't really concerned about. You know, a lot of times when I go out to the push, I take my typewriter and I try to write as much as I can. Yeah. Just because of where I am. This time I didn't feel like I had to write as much as I can because I was more into just being there. So maybe that was a little, a little snippet of progress, but it can only happen at the push, so we have to move there. Well. So I think we should buy that cabin (laughs) and just move on out there. What the heck? What's what's the problem? And then we can build a hospital. Yeah. And, uh, bring all our doctors out there. And, uh, 
have a have a branch of Fred Hutch out right. there. Have a branch of Fred Hutch right there on the on the on the you know, the spit. Well, it's so fascinating for me this time. This is the first time I've ever gone where I didn't have a job that I was coming back to. Mm -hmm. That I didn't have any feelings of, oh, I've got to go back and do this responsible job thing when I get home. And for that reason, I felt like I was totally relaxed. I don't think I've ever been so relaxed in my life as I was out there. (laughs) Anyway, marvelous. Idyllic place. I I just think that place is magic all the time when we're out there. And every time it's got a different kind of magic. Like uh, there is a post that I did last year because we always go out in October, right. and we also went for Halloween um, last year. Oh, thunder! Thunder! I hope you guys heard that. Wow! Nature making itself known on the Bill Ooh, and Diane show, baby. Ooh. Beautiful sounds yeah. of thunder, too. I, I hope it did get picked up. It's still going. I know. Wow. Okay. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I, last year, we had this amazing foam that showed up oh, on yeah, the, the beach. Oh, yeah, the foam. I mean, it was, it was so thick. Was that in the spring or in the fall? That was in the fall because oh, okay. uh, it came up in a yeah. memory for yeah. me, and and we were saying it was like the blob, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it was just totally gone. It was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't a trace. It was so weird because it was everywhere. I mean, you couldn't even walk on the beach barely. You couldn't get. You had to walk through it to get down to where there it was, was just sandy. Foam. It was sea just foam that was so whipped up. Foam, and then the but wind was off like the water was f- making it undulate. You know. <laughs> It was like a foot tall or yeah, it was, you know, it was two like, feet tall. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Anyway. Sorry. So Force field. Every single time we go out there, some other magic, interesting thing is revealed. That's true. That's true. What will it be next time, then? We do not know. Yes. Maybe next time it'll be completely socked in with fog and we'll never even see the ocean. We'll just... I've had some foggy times oh, there. Yeah. I know it gets foggy there. I'm just saying. It'll be foggy the entire time. Just like it was clear the entire time this time. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. know. We'll see what surprises lie in store for us. But this this last one was all about the moonlight, man. All about the moonlight. And we got got soaked in it. And we got soaked in sunlight, too. Because it was cool enough to sit out in the sun. Yeah. Well, and it was so funny because we brought these really heavy... I have brought heavy coats... Heavy sweaters, heavy pants, uh, you know, like yeah. fleece-lined pants, which I wore right. <laughs> while we were there. I brought my I brought my thermal underwear too. And then I had had the t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, and and that's what I wore during the day because it was actually it was warm. hot yeah, outside could, when you, you could were sit in the sun, but not for very long. Yeah, you, know? got, you start to get hot. hot. Anyway. It's, I just love going out there, and it brings so much into my head. Yep, yep, yep. And this, uh, I don't really want to talk too much about this week, unless you have any observations. I'm going into radiation therapy. Starting on Monday. Starting on Monday, and I had, uh, yesterday I had a, uh, the setup, which is the longest, and it was quite grueling in a lot of ways mm. because uh, they, they have they to. They want to aim the thing right. Yeah. yeah they so got, they got to zero in on it. So you had to stay still and in this very uncomfortable position on a board. I mean, it's there is yeah, no it's padding. This weird plank that yeah. they put you on. It's got all these little armrest things and stuff yeah. like that. And, and there's no padding. There's it's no just... padding on the armrests either? No, oh. there's no padding. Yeah, it looked like something somebody so. made in a wood shop or something. You know, it's weird. It's weird to be in a hospital that's all stainless steel and white walls and, and very sterile looking. All of a sudden they bring out this kind of thing that looks like it was made in a wood shop. It's got a nice 
finish on it and stuff like that. It's like a piece of furniture, and that's what you have to lay on for this thing. And then you have to breathe in a certain way. And uh, so, um, fortunately, the woman said after I'd been through all that, she said, man, if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything on this because that's the worst day. So, um, Well, you should be happy that there's some wood. Yeah. Wood is good. No, I have no problem with that. But um, nothing more to say about that. We'll see how the therapy goes. And yeah, you, but you've been getting educated about it, which is what you do. Yeah. So you have a sense of... I haven't seen any lightning. No, I didn't either. Yeah. may not be that close to us. Yeah. That's great. Um, but I'm... Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot about that you could get very fatigued even after... Like in fact, eight weeks after they, they uh, the nurse told me that in actuality the treatment itself is not as bad as the time after the treatment. So um, I really appreciate knowing that because then it'll help me say, okay, so we're not planning anything for the yeah, next. The holidays are going to be a little quiet. This yeah, year, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just not going to be planning anything yeah. for a while. And yeah, this is going to be. You know, this is another topic, but it's 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 tangential and it's oblique. But it's it. This is the first holidays where my mom's house is not going to be the meeting place, the central focus. Although we haven't had it there for the last couple of no, times, but it's but, always been. But it's always been a. It's been the family meeting place. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, so it's going to be interesting from here on. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all about the moon. And our ancestors. And our ancestors, yeah. I mean, the, the whole reason why I'm called there for this period of time is I really love the concept that is a very ancient one that this period of time in our climates and our uh, where we are longitudinally, latitudinally, is a time where the veil is thinnest between the worlds and... Um, and that your ancestors might be able to visit. You know, I've, I've just loved that. I love the lore. And I always feel like if you can experience some of that in your own rituals. So we did a ritual for our ancestors. We've been doing that ever since I've with, been with you, right? Mm. Because I discovered this, uh, this idea um, before we got together, I still remember telling you about it on the phone and how you were at Hank's when I was telling you. And that I was at Hank's. You were at Hank's. I was at Hank's doing some shopping. Uh, you were actually you actually had sat down at a counter because you were so enchanted by the story of. Uh, Of the party that, uh, well, it wasn't a party, but a celebration of our ancestors that I, that I had with a group of about 15 people. And I remember you just said, oh my gosh, I've got, I've got to get back to the house. I don't know what I was thinking. The kids were there. Something was happening and you were like so mesmerized by the story that you... Almost. I'm supposed to be making dinner right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, That's funny. So we went on a mission to purchase some beautiful flowers, to uh, buy some things that our family would have liked for, for food. And I love that tradition because every year I've done something slightly different, although I think the blue cheese and crisp bread has often been a choice yeah um because my family just was so into the cheeses yeah but it's it's just an enjoyable experience entirely i was saying it's almost like a scavenger hunt you know right well let's see we want to get this where do we get this and we went to several different stores and did that um on yeah i've already thought of some things i'm going to do for next for next year 
Because this year I was feeling a little weak. You know, because when you live with Diane, <clears throat> if I can just take an aside here for just a moment, <laughs> you live with Diane, you know, she does everything up, like, absolutely perfect. So it's, you're always trying to play catch-up with Diane, you know? So she buys all this fancy cheese. and But then her family's were a lot more, was a lot more gourmet than me. I was kind of a Chef Boyardee childhood is what I had. I had a Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Carnation Instant breakfast childhood. I had a Spam and you, boy. fried potatoes childhood. It's good coffee. You know, I lived, right? And uh, I knew my parents loved me. So that was good. So, But the food was not, you know, what you'd call top shelf. So I had to buy a can of Spam and uh, turkey pot pie, banquet turkey pot pie. And uh, what else did I Oranges. Get? Oranges. I forgot to get the Mounds Bar. Oh, yeah. I forgot to get the Mounds oh, Bar. So next year I'll have a Mounds Bar. But I'm thinking next year maybe some chicken arms. Make some chicken arms yeah. the way my mom made chicken arms. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the quiche Lorraine was a total... The quiche um, Lorraine was oh, good. Well, and it was a total uh, serendipitous adventure because Honey Bear Bakery oh, yeah. had quiche Lorraine on had their menu Lorraine. as we were walking through to get to the chocolate man to get the Belgian chocolates. Yeah, so, exactly. you know. See, there was no fancy chocolate. You know, for my, if my dad let me smell the cardboard from his Mounds bar, I was a happy kid. <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, you know, Mounds is in two pieces. My dad would buy a Mounds bar and it comes in two pieces and it would just be me and him in the car. I didn't get any out of the mouth. <laughs> oh, whoa. But I'd say, can I smell the cardboard? Because <laughs> they came on this little cardboard. So if you smelled the cardboard, it smelled really good. You know, So he'd let me smell the cardboard. Wow. I know. No wonder you're so... Scarred. <laughs> no, no wonder you always say, no, this is my food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diane always wants to, wants to share food at a restaurant. I'm like, forget it. <laughs> this is mine. Maybe that's the Mounds Bar effect. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, I will share the Mounds Bar with you, but you don't like coconut that much. No, I do. Oh, okay. But I'm not. Oh. You know, I'm not. Hugely. I'll give you a bite of the Mounds Bar, and I'll let you smell the cardboard. I probably just do well with the cardboard smell. Yeah. Okay. We did that for yeah. both October thirty first and uh, through the Day of the Dead celebration which is november 2nd and i just love having that yearly i mean our parents our grandparents are always on our mind our aunts and uncles are i don't think they're really dead until we are because they live inside of us exactly and that's what i want to say to my kids you know when it's time for me to go don't worry i'll still be here you're gonna hear me for the rest of your life you can listen to the Bill and Diane well, show. Yeah. For... <laughs> there's a there's plenty of audio and video of me around, but I mean, in exactly. your inside your own mind, yeah, that's inside exactly your own right. consciousness, that's where my ancestors live. Can I Boy, also really observe? Listen to the rain on the chimney and the thunder. I don't know how much of this will get picked up. I'll edit it out if it. Yeah. But that is. This is a great morning. Yeah. I want to observe that I feel like my parents are more with me now as I get older than they were right. when they first died. You feel like you know them better, and it's a more complete version of them that you carry forward. I don't know. But there's something strange. about it that I feel like, and maybe it's the, as you get closer to death yourself, that you're yeah. already picking up on their their presences or something but i just feel so close to my family um through this period of time yeah so shall we talk about the music for today well yeah i've been i've been setting you up set you up twice now (laughs) saying that la push was all about the moon it was all about the moon and uh so this morning i was thinking about music and um you know, there are a lot, uh, for me, I, it has to be classical to represent the moon. I don't, I didn't think that there was a way that I could represent what the scene was with anything other than, than classical music. And 
course, there's the Moonlight Sonata that um, that Beethoven had composed, but but my mind instantly went to Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy um, because uh, there is something about that piece that is not only perfect for the moon on the ocean, far more than Moonlight Sonata, which is more like moonlight just in a park or something, you know, um, the, the swells in the Claire de Lune sound like what you're viewing when you're viewing moonlight on the ocean. Um, but, but also because it had deep meaning for me, for my family. We used to listen to classical music for my grandmother who loved Debussy and also, uh, my, my mother's mother, um, who listened to light classical music as a, a part of her life. So for me, it was not just the moonlight, but ancestors. It was yeah. representing the whole thing. And when I found the particular performance of it that I chose, I many times will cho choose uh, based on the, for classical music, based on the label that they're on. And this one was on the gramophone label. Deutsche gramophone? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is one of the, the best labels for classical music. And it is performed by a pianist of whom I am not aware, but I'm not, uh, I don't follow these things. But his name is Seong Jin Cho. Jin Cho. Seung Jin Cho. And he had won the sixth Moscow International Frederick Chopin competition for young pianists. And mm -hmm. so, anyway, I, he is somebody who's known. Uh, but I loved his performance of this because it's slow. Yeah. You know, you can perform it in all sorts of ways, but it's slow and thoughtful. And I love that. And when I first started listening to it, I was I was weeping. And I just couldn't help it. But but then I also decided to, uh, as I have been doing, research the music a little bit. And I was so stunned to to learn that Claire de Lune is was inspired by a poem by Paul Verlaine. And that Paul Verlaine's poetry was inspired by a painting by Jean-Antoine Watteau. And so it's like this painting inspired a poet to write a poem. And the poet's poetry inspired Claude Debussy to, to compose, to compose a gorgeous piece of music. And I'm going to, I asked you whether you would be willing to read the poem. Yes. And... Moonlight. Your soul is a chosen landscape on which masks and bergamasks cast enchantment as they go, playing the lute and dancing, and all but sad beneath their fantasy disguises. Singing all the while in the minor mode of all-conquering love and life so kind to them, they do not seem to believe in their good fortune, and their song mingles with the moonlight, with the calm moonlight, sad and lovely, which makes the birds dream in the trees, and the plumes of the fountains weep in ecstasy, the tall, slender plumes of the fountain among the marble sculptures. So... There are many translations of this poem, and they all had their 
beauty uh, in the yeah. way that, because obviously the poem was written in French, so trying to translate it to English is not easy. So the, the translation I picked is a fairly literal one, just because I, you know, I, wanted, as, I wanted as many of the, because I kind of looked at the French side by side, and uh, I think the one I got is, it may not be the most poetic, but it's the most literal. Um, one of the things that I did not know, maybe other people do, is that the burger mask uh, is a kind of clumsy rural dance. Yeah. And so um, I it thought that was interesting. talks about masks and burger masks. And burger masks. So masked people dancing this weird jerky dance. And I read this one uh, piece that was interesting to me. It says, Claire de Lune, its title French for Moonlight, is based on the poem of the same name by symbolist Paul, poet Paul Verlaine. In both the famed classical music piece and its lesser-known companion, we are taken through a journey to introspection, the lifetime adventure of understanding the soul in all its phases, the journey to better know ourselves from all victorious love to sad beaming beauty is a clumsy dance. We rarely feel grace in the peaks and valleys of life's seasons and Debussy and Verlaine knew as such. Third in a set of four movements set to a larger than life and somewhat inelegant dance, dance called Burgermask. The beauty of the melody perfectly complements the theatrical farce. And I thought that was a really interesting observation. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just, I felt like the, the poem was also sort of a ancestral poem, if you want to call it that. And I found that even with the, uh, the piece that Debussy wrote, that he eventually named Claire de Lune, he actually originally had a different title, which was Promenade Sentimental. So, it would be that it was a sentimental, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, walk. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a perfect piece yeah. to represent our moonlight and the ancestors. Thank you. 